Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle, the beginning. <laughs> with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars friends. Hey. What's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinan, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me are my very wonderful Star Wars friends. I'm Josh, and no, there are two of them. I was right. Maul was right. I said it yesterday. (laughs) I've said it again today. Maul is the hero of this whole show. Uh this is uh, Justin, and I'm going to have to email Hasbro because I'm going to need a black series of Gar yes. Saxon in his full yes. mall yes. armor yes. with his sniper rifle. Oh, that was awesome. So good. This is Kyle, and I have already watched this episode four times, so I liked it a <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Yeah, just a little bit, right? I, I was on, I'm on three. I'm on yep. three, and I did Same. watch Revenge of the Sith last night. I put it on. Oh, I yeah. was, uh, I had to, I had to watch Revenge of the Sith, and it just, it's giving me goosebumps now talking about it. Uh, oh bet boy, the, bet those watches on Disney Plus for Revenge of the Sith went up <laughs> oh, last like, night, for Friday, sure. <laughs> for sure. Tenfold. Uh, did you guys, did you is, guys end up reading the Son of Dathomir as well? Uh, oh yeah, that, oh, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that goes with this as well. It's interesting, you know. Uh, there's a couple lines. There's a couple lines in the show, and I'm, sh- I'm sure you probably have them in, in your notes, or maybe we'll dive into them. But the one that I thought was very interesting was when Maul, and this is in the comics, Maul was captured at, at one point, and the Mandalorians had to break him out, and he makes a reference he to did. that in the show. Yes, he does. And that was a really cool takeaway uh, from that. But yeah, the style, the stylized look of Gar Saxon is very similar mm. to that of Son of Dathomir, and man, that black series would be sick. Uh, yeah, it would. That would be insane. So, oh, I am still exhausted from an emotional roller coaster that we had two weeks ago. And then now, of course, this episode, which is drastically more intense. So, uh, yeah, we will gladly dive into this in just a few moments. But we got some notes we want to get through and talk about some other things happening in the Star Wars world. Number one, Moff Gideon's birthday. Giancarlo Esposito's birthday is today. Uh, So happy birthday to the holder of the Darksaber, leader of the presumed Mandalorians. The chicken man. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's right. So what a great actor. So happy birthday, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, we did have our, our, I guess, weekly live mm-hmm. chats, you know, during the quarantine era. Mm-hmm. We had one of those this past weekend, this episode that you're listening to right now. Uh, hopefully we'll drop Monday, but we did have this live chat this past Saturday. We called it Breakfast with Bendu. We tried a new time slot. You know, just we've thrown this out on the show before. We have a lot of listeners from overseas, the UK, Europe, and we wanted to give them an opportunity to sit in, have some Ronto wrap, some Drusillian prune juice with us. And uh, they did. So that was pretty not sweet. 2 a.m. Did <laughs> it? Did, <laughs> no, not 2 a.m. Did any of you get the Drusillian prune juice? Do you know why that's funny? Am I like, am I the only one that got that? That that nod uh, on our live mm-hmm. chat. Drusillian. Oh, OK, so the Drusillian species is also known as prune face. Oh, okay. uh, so the Drusillian uh, prune gotcha. juice. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. No one Ew. got that. Yet. I was like, oh, man, oh, so you're so you're space racist. That's cool. <laughs> No, no, I just drink the the juice of their species. So uh, it's, it's worth noting that. Um, so with that yesterday, um, this is the fourth podcast we've recorded this week. This is yeah. very true. And yeah. this is this was our commitment to the, the Star Wars community. And, you know, during this era where people are locked in or they're depressed or they're going through whatever they're going through, we wanted to be a positive voice in the Star Wars community and, and have as much content out there as possible. So our live chat, it was is awesome. We love doing it. We're going to do it again this upcoming Saturday. We already are talking to a few folks that would want to sit in and join us for another uh, another live chat session. But, yeah, it's all about community, bringing people together in this time where people need to be brought together and have some positivity dropped on them. So we did, we did also, Josh, to your point, recorded our third crossover cast with the very funny, very incredible and very bold Force Toast podcast. And mm-hmm. Alice and, and Lauren over there, they were incredible guests. And I we had a lot of fun with them. Their, you know, their whole shtick is uh, you know, they're 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 like a ha- Star Wars happy hour, you know, because they they met at trivia nights and that's a really fun episode. You can find that anywhere that you listen to our show right now. It's literally the episode prior to this one. Uh <laughs> so you can find that at StarWarsFriends.com, Apple Spotify, Podchaser, all that good stuff. And then we also did an interview with Wookiee Radio, and you can mm-hmm. find them at Wookiee Radio on Twitter, Instagram, but you got to spell it with two E's. There's two E's in Wookiee, so you got to look out for that. Um, that episode will drop soon. We got interviewed by by uh, their show, and I'm looking forward to hearing what that, you know, when that drops. I don't have a date for that yet, so just pay attention to, I guess, their website and uh, Twitter for that. But we'll, of course, put it out on our social media. But yeah, we definitely have week? put... Very busy week. And then after this show that we're recording right now, I'm jumping on Rebel Force Radio uh, to do Clone Wars Declassified Roundtable with uh, Jason and Jimmy over there and then Paul Bateman, uh, the great Paul Bateman. And I'm very excited to do that. Uh, but, yeah, it's it is a very, very busy week. But, hey. This is like the best Star Wars content we've gotten in a long time. So what better week to talk Star Wars than right now? So that's kind of crazy. And then we got to shift gears a little bit. We got to move quick, guys. This is a this is going to be a hefty episode. And in our normal fashion, we are going to go ahead and just do it. Just do it to do it. You know, it makes everyone feel good. You hear those notes going. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of summertime, palm trees, breeze. Wearing masks, oh, yeah. sitting under the shade, <laughs> sun suntan <laughs> lines nice across sun. under oh, your yeah. nose, and around your face. Put the suntan lotion. 
Uh, Star Wars Celebration Countdown. We we have not stopped doing this because they have not they have not announced a cancellation or a postponement. So we are 18 weeks out from Star Wars Celebration. We mentioned on our last episode that San Diego Comic-Con was canceled. So if you missed that note, that has been canceled and still no news. No news. It's still going on. <laughs> no news is good news. As they I would still say. have my reservations. I still have my tickets. I still have everything, I guess, ready to go. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I really hope an announcement comes soon, though. I mean, it feels weird that they're just dragging this out, I guess, when everything, when all these other massive events are being canceled, uh, especially in the state of California. So it's just very strange that they haven't made an announcement yet. I think that they're waiting to be able to replace it with something digital. Because I think, I mean, so obviously the whole floor experience is not replicable, repl- able to be replicated, but they can still do inf- like trailers and any, any sort of content like that they were going to do. And I have, uh, I have seen some articles about the feasibility of that. Um, so, I mean, it's possible that maybe they're waiting to be able to say it's canceled, but here's what we're doing in response to that. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. You could you could definitely do panels online. You could even find a way to do Q and A stuff with people sending it in or in a live chat if you wanted. And uh, you, mm-hmm. you could sell merch. And there's a lot of options. Like you said, there's nothing. There's no substitute for uh, like the community you get at celebration no. and and walking the floor and seeing those cosplayers and having the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Justin and I bumped into Dave Filoni on the show floor last year. I mean, you, you obviously don't that's get that. Cool. On that's suite. so cool. I, I love hearing about it. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I missed out on a big <laughs> no, thing no, in Orlando. No, no. I'll tell you later, but he liked my shirt, um, but I think you're right. I think they might be waiting to make, not only are we going to have to cancel slash postpone, but this is what the plan is for when we are going to do it or what we're going to do instead or whatever. So I, hopefully they're just waiting to, to solidify that plan. So let's just let's just take some notes from what both of you just said. I mean, number one, Star Wars Celebration has been live streamed for the last three Star Wars celebrations, and you can watch it from home that's like I, I did. One in and Europe. that's what yeah. yeah. I mean, that made me want to be there. Watching those live streams, watching all those people just walk the floor and, and you're right, the cosplayers, the the merch, all that. I'm like, man, why am I not there? And then I'm sitting at home right now. I need to be there. So they have <laughs> the technology, they have the capability to do massive live stream events. And they, there is absolutely no reason that they couldn't do those panels or, or live stream it. I just, you're right. The, the other, the other part to this is the merch. I mean, merch is such a massive draw for folks like us and other, and many, many other Star Wars fans. So I would be interested to see what they would do from a, from a Star Wars celebration merch. Well, at this point, a lot of it has to be in the production pipeline already. So I'm sure the the whoever's making them wants to sell them. It yeah. would be nice. It would be nice if those ticket holders would get first crack at that merch um, and then kind of go into a virtual store like like we did with that Empire Strikes Back pre-release uh, pre-order merch that they had available to us. Um, but, yeah, you're right. That would be that would be cool if they had a merch option for us. Yeah. I mean, they just did the entire NFL draft over four days virtually. Right. It's right. probably not the same level of money that they can throw at something like that, like the NFL can, but um, they could certainly do it online. But it'll be interesting to see if they 
do it for ticket holders. Like if you've already paid and they still charge you for your ticket and that's what gives you access oh, to that online content or if they make it available to everybody and They'll then probably, refund yeah. those tickets or, or whatever. You know what I mean? It, there's a lot of questions to Kyle's point about the merch and things like that. Like how do you how do you do the online store sales for that? And um, it may be actually easier for them, whatever they haven't produced yet, do the online order sales so that you have a number, then put it into production mm, and ship it out once it's made. Well, and it, there are some logistics involved, you know, streaming from the, from the convention where everybody's together and you can put together, you know, huge servers and, and massive bandwidth and all these things is, people are still going to be quarantined. So it's going to be different if people are mm -hmm. at their homes and, and getting all these different internet connections and microphones, right, right. And, you know, there is a technical logistic behind it that is more difficult with everybody being home that I'm sure would, would take some doing more right. so than just, you know, when everybody's on stage together, putting a camera on them and streaming one feed is, is a little easier. Yeah, I uh, to to what to what Justin said, um, my, my ticket better buy me an actual convention. I'm not like if if the option if if it goes to, oh, you get mm -hmm. access to something online because you have a ticket and you don't get a refund or it's not good for the next in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can yeah yes. no way. Yes. I'll be that's, th that's that my not be OK. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think yep. they'd do that. I don't want to lose my place. No, yep. no. I, yeah. So, well, we'll see what happens, guys. I think that they will come up with something creative, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm definitely here for it, but to, to your point, Josh, I don't want my ticket taken away. I don't want my hotel reservations taken away. Just push them back a year, please. That's all I want. I want my Disney After Dark tickets. I don't want to lose those. I paid good money for them, you know, and I don't want to have the opportunity to lose them in another, like, mad scramble to get tickets in the last minute. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so... We'll see. Keep our eyes peeled on this, and we will definitely give y'all updates as they come through. Now, let's move on to a couple news points. Our friends over at Far, Far Away News, you can find them at Far, Far Away News 1 on Twitter. They prepared a couple uh, news briefs for us. This is the first time we're doing this, so I want to just give a quick shout-out to Far, Far Away News. Thanks for sending these over to us. This is, uh, this is interesting. We kind of dove into this a little bit on the live chat yesterday. But there is definitely some new casting announcements for the Cassian Andor live series. So I want to kind of dive into this. This was this was written for StarWars.com, and you can find these news articles at FarFarAwayNews.com. But this is from StarWars.com. The actor who portrayed Mon Mothma in Rogue One Star Wars Story is among four new cast members just announced for the live-action Cassian Andor series coming to Disney. Star Diego Luna will be joined by Genevieve O'Reilly, who will reprise her role as Mon Mothma, as well as newly announced co-stars Stellan Skarsgård from Pirates of the Caribbean, Denise Goff, I hope I say that right. She was from a show or movie called Colette, never heard of it. And then Kyle Soler from Anna Karina and the Titan. I don't know who I've never watched either of those. But here's the here's the cool thing. Tony Gilroy, who co-wrote Rogue One, will write, direct and serve as the showrunner for the series, which takes place five years before the events of Rogue One. And then Dan Gilroy, Bo, Bo Willimon and Stephen Schiff are also writers. They've written on Nightcrawler, House of Cards and The Americans. So that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Tony Gilroy's back in the saddle the for this. Is a good show. Mm hmm. I've heard. I've Did you mention heard. that Mon Mothma uh, is going to be back on there? I saw that in the articles. Yeah. OK. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's so interesting, that's interesting. The development of the rebellion and the the senators yeah. who are kind of dissenting. I, that'll be interesting to see. I think. I'm excited for this. I I really, you know, yesterday I made the claim that <laughs> maybe the mo- most unpopular claim I've made on the Star Wars Friends is that I'm more excited for the Cassian Andor series than the Kenobi series. It was a unanimous. Mm-hmm. Eight eye rolls that I got immediately upon saying that, and I and I haven't stopped thinking about it. Twenty four hours later, hey, I did not eye roll. Li- li- listeners, if if you don't like Chris's opinion, just wait twelve hours. It'll be a different. So, Ooh, listen, dude, like- I'm not. I am standing firm on this. I am standing firm on this. I am I like- more excited for this. Alan Tudyk is K two. Dude, I need yeah. more K two. I mean, I like. I, had, the I feel like Chris the, is the Mon Moth. I do too. too. She, they, he needs a Bosworth to get his missions from, right? <laughs> I, like, like uh, your mission should yes. you choose to accept it. I, I think Chris is is just Bosley, worried that Bosley, we're going to get nine episodes of Obi Wan sitting in a hut not doing anything, and I'm pr- I'm pretty I mean, sure that's, that's really not going to be, be the case. He's going to be he's going to no, because you know what? After watching Revenge of the Sith. Right. You you go to the end of that movie and Yoda tells him, go to Tatooine. You know, I have more training for you. Learn to commune with Qui-Gon. You will. I think they could do like, oh, cool. I can't wait to see him sit in a hut and try to. Oh, so you don't think like that's going to be riveting four hours of you don't think like Mortis (laughs) and Yoda going to meet the the priestesses and that where they're like learning new force powers is cool stuff to watch. Do you think that that's actually going to be part of the show? The Kenobi when Yoda. When Yoda went awesome. to meet the yeah. priestesses, he was literally learning how to manifest himself after death, which is what Obi-Wan is going to be taught how to do while he's in seclusion on Tatooine. Come at me, Chris. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I think I think we're going to get a riveting episode of Obi-Wan learning how to ride Eopies, uh, those beautiful anteater camels that they have on Tatooine. Uh, there's probably going to be some bread breaking with some Tatooine locals. He might go down to Toshi Station and uh, get a get a uh, what do they call those big power converters? grinders. Oh. He's going to get a Tatooine grinder. Uh, <laughs> he'll get some power converters. Who knows? Uh, you know, maybe he'll meet a young Lorsan Tekka, which would be cool. I've talked about that before. I think it would be cool if Maz Kanata would have some type of role uh, to expand that character, but we'll see. I don't know. Anyways, I still am more excited for casting Andor series. All right, let's get on to the next article here. This is uh, this is not from Far, Far Away News. Dave Filoni will blow people's minds in The Mandalorian Season 2. Let me tell you something. I appreciate this headline, but Dave Filoni has been blowing yeah. minds for over a decade. <laughs> that's news um, And quotes. I don't think that's that that's news. not news. <laughs> I mean, that's just a fact. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But it stems from a Sam Witwer quote. Uh, Sam Sam was doing an interview and uh, came across. It was apparently from Bespin Bulletin. So I'm not too familiar with Bespin Bulletin. But uh, here's the quote from Sam Witwer. There are things that Dave Filoni has coming in Mandalorian season two that are going to blow people's minds. Because the thing is. That Dave and George had always had the same instinct when it came to this. Okay, so I mean, it led to some prior or pre-show speculation. Is is Sam what we're just saying this because he's close friends with Dave Filoni and Dave Filoni's like, yeah, I'll come hang out and watch this, or he is on the show. What do you guys think? You think he's on the show, or do you think he's just hanging out with Dave on set, hanging, hanging out? I, I mean, we could see yeah. him in a Matt Lanter thing, like a little like thirty yes. seconds. Oh, yes. hey, that was Small which would be fun. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's gonna like play. A, he's definitely not Maul or playing a main role or anything oh, like that. No, no, no. If Maul comes back, it has to be Ray Park. Has to be Ray Park. 
I mean, there's no well, way around it. Well, it'll be it, both the, of them, won't it? Yeah, I that's mean, the I only way I'm... Much established. That's the only way I'm having Maul now. Yeah. Is, well, that's true. The yeah, Ray I know Park you're right. Body in, the, in the same way voice. wouldn't sound the same with Ray Park delivering the lines. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, I mean, that one's that one's pretty straightforward. I mean, I, I, I don't know Dave Filoni personally, but I fully expect to have my mind blown on season two without even knowing anything about but it. That, so I will say the other side of that is we know he, he basically has a shtick about being so top secret and the trust tree and he doesn't let mm-hmm. anything out yes. and it actually been quite successful at it as we saw in the Mandalorian they kept some really mm-hmm. big secrets pretty well but um, it it would be a little surprising to me that he was just like oh hey Sam come check out all this stuff we've been doing for season two but not I mean not completely unbelievable they have a working maybe Sam's in the trust tree it's still mm-hmm. but you, you mean you mean he <laughs> I was just going to talk about J.J. Abrams and his. Do we have to, though? Failure, failure at set secrecy, Uh, you know, because that just reminded me of when Kevin Smith went, uh, you know, Kevin Smith did the late night talk talk show circuit and was like, yeah, J.J. Abrams asked me to come out and I watched all this mind blowing stuff. And this ending of this movie is going to blow. You know, he just went on and on and on about it. And there was absolutely no set secrecy that Reddit AMA came out, uh, you know, two months prior to the movie release that basically outline the entire story. So, um, yeah, I hope that Dave, you know, but you, you talk about that and then the Ahsoka thing, if that comes to be true, that's disappointing that someone let that leak. Um, yeah. especially for us as hardcore Ahsoka fans. I mean, that if would we're deeply, talking that about this be... sketchy rumor that I've already like had my issues with, I will oh say that God, somebody dude. just, somebody wait. put Rosario Dawson in IMDB Mandalorian season two for one episode. That's not a that's not no. a reliable source. It's not. She's literally the only person listed for season two that has not been like officially announced or in season one or whatever. Mm. So I, it seems super sketchy to me. But in the interest Dude. of full disclosure, it is on there. They so did yeah, that. It to, was yesterday um, when I looked. They d- hmm. they did that to Matt Smith in the Rise of Skywalker, and whether or not here we'll never find out because J.J. Abrams is so cool he won't release any of the uh, extended bonus cuts or any of the cutscenes from Rise of Skywalker. But Matt Smith was, you know, he was one of the first names on IMDb for the Rise of Skywalker, and never showed up. I mean, I spent a lot of time speculating on Matt Smith being the Clone Emperor. Well, I- which would have been awesome to see a young clone emperor. I mean, it would have made, yeah, I keep talking about the rise of Skywalker. Like it could have made sense. IMDB um, is just not, I mean, it's man. easily edi- it's, edited. It's still there. It's not, it's just not a reliable it's source. It's not like right. Wikipedia. Yeah. But it's, well, it's there. Guys, I, I, we have to do a rise of Skywalker show mm. soon. I am flooded with questions from our, from our Star Wars friends, our listeners. I'd rather get questions that we questions can answer for, though. We could. I just think they want to hear us talk about Rise of Skywalker. And I just I need some closure on this movie so I can move on. I need to move on again. Please, please just watch it this week. (laughs) Uh, I just want to get this off my plate. Okay. Illegally or something. No, I won't. I'll write it. (laughs) Um, Real brief before we move into the meat of our episode, I want to give a shout out to our Star Wars makers that have been with us over the last few weeks. I want to give a shout out to Fulcrum Dawn. 
Luminous Beans Limited. I want to give a shout out to Spice Tag, give a shout out to Rebel Art Empire, and definitely give a shout out to Lantern Pins. They are all phenomenal Star Wars makers. We also want to give a special shout out to Ryloth Relics. We all have purchased coins from them recently, and they are fantastic products. I just picked up that blemished Thrawn pin. Very excited about that. So, um, yeah, definitely want to give a shout out to all the makers. We love Star Wars makers and we hope that you all can support them by whatever way you can. Uh, please check out their social media profiles. We definitely repost their their content often on SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So please check them out when you can. Hey, Star Wars friends, it's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams One Percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams One Percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to... Stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. Alright, gentlemen, are we ready for this? Are we ready to dive into Episode 10, The Phantom Apprentice? Let's do it. Woo, baby, I am so ready. Here we go. that in there oh when i cut that audio i was like oh i gotta i gotta get those lightsabers in there all right here we are i got goosebumps full like legit got goosebumps listening to that so what we you just heard was the intro for season seven episode 10 the phantom apprentice that it's set over that lucasfilm limited logo the beautiful green text it is a seamless transition from episode nine it literally picks up exactly where it left off with the mm-hmm. hum of Ahsoka's lightsabers. But man, is that intro just scary. It is just frightening. It is terrifying. You Very get that ominous. red Clone Wars logo that lets you know that the Sith, the evil, the dark side is here. It is full heroin revenge of the Sith era Clone Wars. This is in the final chapter, the final saga of the Clone Wars. This is... Scary shit. Kyle, our Clone Wars master, take us into the episode. What's going on? Yeah, that, I, that's good stuff. And like you just said, it is the red logo, which we get very rarely for the Darth Maul episodes. This, the logo doesn't uh, fade out. Usually the logo runs away from you and disappears into the background. It didn't do that this episode. And I am 99% sure this is also the only episode that does not feature 
a Tom Kane, Tom Kane, um, kind of voiceover intro. Uh, so it, I was wondering about that. Yeah. They're making it very cinematic. You can watch it back to back without breaking it up. That's the impression I'm getting, but um, yeah. it is unique in that way. So this was season season seven, episode ten, the Phantom Apprentice. That's a great name. Uh, Such a great yeah, name. It works on a bunch of levels. Uh, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. We're very familiar with these guys at this point, if you've been watching Clone Wars or listening to our show. Uh, we're still 19 years before the Battle of Yavin, and we are on Mandalore, and we are specifically on Insandari, which is the domed capital city of Mandalore. We It was very obvious at the end um, during that duel when Maul's trying to leave through the ceiling that they're under a dome, but that's because... Mandalore has been at war for years and years and years. It's sort of the Mandalorian way. And over over time, it has basically destroyed their planet and turned it into a, a desert. So they have these biodomes that allow the cities to exist underneath them. Yeah, I didn't actually, you know, I knew that Mandalore was destroyed. I guess I didn't realize how prevalent it was. I, I thought that there was, and, and, and at one point in time, I did get, Concord Dawn mixed up with Mandalore, and there's a whole bunch of. Uh, well, it's confusing, you know. Because they give you yeah. minor details, but it's. I, I had to look it up a little bit because I was confused about why there was a ceiling on the city. Does this mean <laughs> right. that Polly no, Shore that is sense. a Mandalorian? Since it's in, since it's in a, it 100 definitely does, and I'm glad you said that. But he randomly finds one one panel that he can unlock and just walk out. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no reason the juice. Let's see. Uh, For our younger listeners, that was the worst story by the heard. name Biodome, featuring an actor you've never heard of. It's <laughs> a very obscure reference. That's so obscure. Is that literally? Is that what you thought of while you saw the Dome City? Well, like no, I I thought of it when you said it's a biodome. I was like, ah, they, they called you. it. <laughs> but, but you go ahead, Josh. But you guys are also talking to a guy who. Um, Waited in line for an hour to get Sean Aston to sign his copy of Encino Man. Oh, gosh. oh so, well, now now that's um, actually pretty and, interesting. And Sean Aston was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I was. He said I was the only person in line that wasn't getting something signed from Lord of the Rings. I'm not shocked by <laughs> that. And I and I was able to get Paulie Shore to sign it uh, last year. Really good that's for you, awesome. man. That's pretty cool. That's Just fun. looking for Brendan Brendan Fraser. My Paulie Shore movie is son-in-law, <laughs> yeah. but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's a good one. Wow. Too. wow. All right, move along. So move back along. to the Clone Wars. Which which is an animated Star Wars show, not a 90s Polly Shore movie. Uh, Thank you. Again, there is no fortune cookie on this episode. It's like Chris was saying, you get the green Lucasfilm Limited. Uh, we get the red Clone Wars logo, and they call it part two, and we go straight into that hum of Ahsoka's lightsabers that we cut out with the, mm -hmm. the week prior. Um, I will say when the red logo... There, there's this musical cue when it cuts into the show because there is no Tom Kane intro, but it really reminded me of that Force Awakens trailer, the very, very first one. They showed it at Celebration, but when Finn mm -hmm. pops up in the desert, there's that like harsh musical cue, and uh, it sounded very similar to me. You guys can tell me if I'm crazy like or not. The little much. flourish yeah. when his head pops up. Yep. Yeah, I got it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are a few different uh, sound designers, David yes. Ackward, Bonnie yes. Wilde, Matt Wood, that all got to voice Mandalorians in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, they've done 
a lot of work on Star Wars sound design stuff and young Indiana Jones. And I think one of them. Oh, Matt Wood's a legend. Matt Wood is, and he's mm-hmm. the voice of Grievous. He has done Star Wars sound design since the prequels. He is, he is the Star Wars sound designer, in my opinion. He's the, he's the guy. And that reminded me of when they we had Director Squadron in the Mandalorian given these non-sound-editing yeah, people a little, like, here's a little moment to shine, you know. It's kind of cool. Good call. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Lauren Mary Kim was the motion capture body double for Ahsoka Tano. She was... I learned this in our live chat the other day, so you got to turn it or uh, tune in for these kind of tidbits. But she was actually the body double for Emily Swallow, the Mandal, uh, the armor in the Mandalorian. So she played super cool. Uh, she did that cool fight scene where she whooped up on the the stormtroopers with the hammer. What do you got, Josh? She was also the body double for for Omera. Oh, really? And one other character too. Uh, I think it was like Previs or something was the name. Oh. Um, yeah, she played three different characters doubles in three different episodes of The Mandalorian. Okay, so she's a like kind of a go-to person now for for those people, I guess. Yeah, um, she was also hmm. um, on Daredevil and Iron Fist and Furious Seven and Transformers and Avatar Two. So she's been in the biz doing some things that I I bet you've seen. Three entities I have never watched. I tried to watch Daredevil. Oof. Oof. Oh, couldn't be a past that first so, episode. So yeah, Daredevil's good. Daredevil oh, excellent. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't get behind Iron it. Fist, that's, you know, mileage may vary. But Daredevil's good. Don't listen to Chris. <laughs> Daredevil's good. Yeah. Iron, Iron Fist was definitely the weakest one. <laughs> um, we're, this is a Star Wars podcast, gentlemen. <laughs> not Polly Shore. You're the one not throwing the this stuff universe. at us. I didn't listen. I'm just, I'm riffing off y'all. I'm riffing off y'all. Uh, and, Anybody else here remember Young Indiana Jones uh, Chronicles? <laughs> Anybody else yes, remember, that show? I remember the show? Yes. Hey, at least that's in the same Isn't umbrella. That, uh, River right? Phoenix. That is, but it's also George Lucas. You're right, Josh. Yeah. That is a George Lucas production. Yeah. yeah. Or, cl- cl- Yo, I'm Clone done, Wars, dude. Or? Yeah, go okay. ahead. <laughs> Let's roll. And then you probably already knew, but Ray Park was the uh, in the mocap suit for uh, Darth Maul. He obviously played Maul yeah. in the so good. Uh, original in the Phantom Menace, and he is. <sighs> A fan favorite. He likes to show up at conventions and he's wild and he's crazy and he's energetic and animated and everybody loves he's him. He's the best. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He also played Toad in the X-Men yeah. movie. Oh my God. Sorry, I just had- <laughs> I'm done. That's a garbage movie. I will say that's not a great movie. You don't need to watch that one. <laughs> you know what happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? It's one of the worst lines. Okay, oh, here we go. God. Uh, and when Obi-Wan calls Ahsoka on the, on the, on the hologram when they're in the, in the throne room, he mentions that he's going to Utapah, and that is where we see him go in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, that's where he faces Grievous out in the outer room and ends up out outer rim, not the outer room, the outer rim, and, and ends up <laughs> right. killing him. Uh, and that also points to that that conversation happening at a very very specific time. I know there's been a lot of speculation about this thing lines up with this and it's implied by the music and the, the, the shots and the way that's directed. And, but the Obi-Wan's conversation about, I already told Anakin to spy on the chancellor and I'm on my way to Utapah means we know like almost exactly when that was happening in the movie, as opposed to guessing with the rest. 
it's a really nice timestamp, but I am struggling yet again. Uh, you know, there was some user on Twitter. I wish I would have just saved who the user was that actually mapped out what day it is in this final 10 days of Revenge of the Sith. So from the start of Revenge of the Sith to, um, you know, the, the birth of Darth Vader. And I struggle still to this day. And this is no fault of anybody's. Um, I'm not trying to blame any Star Wars creative, but. The light speed travel, the, uh, I just the hyperspeed travel, the the hyperspace. I just I don't understand what the time is because the time it takes Obi Wan to go to Utapau, the time it takes Yoda to get to Kashyyyk, um, it's is it like mere hours that they travel that fast? Is it? I I was always under the assumption as an EU. Uh, reader that it takes a very long time to travel these distances. But in these movies and cartoons, it is like instantaneous that they can travel from one place to another. Now, I know in the previous episode, Obi-Wan and Anakin acknowledged they were only about an hour away from uh, from Coruscant, where they were uh, as they met Ahsoka and Bo-Katan. But I mean, is that the norm? Is I I just I can't wrap my head around. It. So if you guys solidify that for me, I'll feel a little bit better. But is it just mere hours that they can travel these distances, or what? I uh, so I think that the the reality is that it just depends on what storyline mm. they need, like what storyline function does it. So if they need it to take a long time, it takes a long time. If they need to be there quickly, um, you know, it's it's it happens quickly. Um, but I think if we wanted to give it some sort of in-universe thing, it might be kind of like the way that time dilation actually works in the real world where like maybe when you're in hyperspace, it feels like a lot of time is passing. But for people in real time, it not actually that much time. Well, passes. Time is relative. Okay. So when you're traveling at the speed of light, yeah, yeah that, I mean, I think it actually goes the other way, yeah. though, but yeah, no, I know. I, I realize it's just, I it's just that a up. weird so, something, thing. something yeah. along those lines. Like well, I also, I, it's not the same on both ends. I don't think we have to assume that Obi Wan immediately got to Utapa. It could have taken him half a day to get there. We just didn't watch it, well, you know. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out with uh, with these folks that are trying to line things up to the movie. I think it's going to be really hard cur- because time is so funny in Star Wars. You know, it's yeah, it's going to yeah, be hard. and that's where. That's where I got lost. That's where I got lost on this whole thing. So, all right, good, good pre-show notes here. Um, all right, let's see here. Guys, here we go. Starts with Ahsoka's lightsaber. She's still in the tunnel. She's still in the sewers. And, you know, this is this is Maul's moment to, I guess, unravel what he's seeing here. He wasn't he's expecting yeah, to he, see His Ahsoka. plan yeah, has a little confused. hitch in it now. This isn't what he was expecting to happen i love the fact and and i'm gonna go out of order so if anyone wants to dive into this and and kind of be the narrator of this episode i i have just so many random thoughts on this episode that i'm afraid that i might not go in a linear fashion but i i will say that immediately i'm just so happy to learn that Maul's character is developed in the way that it has, that he has put all this together to draw out Anakin Skywalker, Mm -hmm. uh, someone that Maul only had, you know, 
Maul had never interacted with Anakin Skywalker previ- uh, prior to this. He literally flew over him on a speeder bike on Tatooine as he was a young boy when he chased down Qui-Gon and they had that little battle in the desert. That's the only time that Maul's ever seen Anakin other than his visions. Um, so that was an interesting he, note. He just you. knows the name. He just, doesn't know who yeah. he is. Yeah. And we, we see he's never met Ahsoka either. But I love... Maul's master plan. It doesn't work. Palpatine's plan works. It's a big plan. But Maul's playing the exact same game. He just gets slightly and barely outplayed by Palpatine. And it's it's really good. It really is. So it's because uh, Tiata Mundi said, what about the Wookiee attack and sent Yoda over there? So Obi-Wan had to go to Utapal. So Tiata Mundi screwed it all up. (laughs) I'm cool with that. I'll put the blame on him. Uh, So. Maul is Maul talking. Is, he's cool, though. He's like, he is for one second shocked. He's like, you're not, I I thought you would be Kenobi. Why aren't you Kenobi? She, she, I'm so, he said, Tano, is it? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, and, the, and then he goes right back into his completely in control mode. He's his chest out, his hands behind his back, oh, even though yeah. she's got her lightsabers drawn. He's like, oh, yeah, I imagine we have several mutual friends just like <laughs> oh, I love that back line. to casual. Oh, yeah. He is such a good villain. So he's starting to explain to her why it's it, he was curious that she's there. Wants mm-hmm. wants Kenobi, wants Anakin Skywalker, which probably takes her by surprise. And then kind of dives into, um, you know, what did she say? She wants to bring him to justice or something like that. She that's wants to- not that's not till later. But he he tells her. um because she's like, well, I wouldn't say that we have mutual friends. He's like, well, yeah, sure. But <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He's like, I'm afraid your way of thinking is behind the times. Oh, yeah, and we're yeah. starting to realize that Palpatine might be the only one that knows exactly what's going on. But it, we're figuring out that Maul knows more than everybody else except Palpatine. He he yeah. has put these pieces together first, even yeah, though just yeah. like everybody else, he's been kept on the outside. And I actually have that clip pulled real quick, Kyle, based on uh, based on that here. Let's take a listen. But I'm afraid your way of thinking is behind the times. It's her. Come on, we'll trace the signal. That's when she hits her little honing beacon on her gauntlet. I was certain that Kenobi would have come himself. Perhaps bring his loyal foe, Skywalker, is it? Master Kenobi had a more important engagement. Indeed. I wonder. The moment may be upon us. So that's pretty interesting. That's a little foreshadowing for what you're going to learn later in the episode. Well, Uh, I took that as he's he's seen a vision of the one moment where Palpatine, I guess, reveals himself and comes out from behind the curtain and Mm -hmm. puts this master plan. He's like, are we actually at the moment where Palpatine is going to get Anakin to behead Dooku and become his new apprentice? Because that's the real turning point. And I think he's like, oh, oh, crap. Are we there? Is this it right now? Am I too late? 
because he's scared. This whole episode, oh, yeah. Maul is terrified. When he says the when he says Sidious to Ahsoka, it's like he very can, um He can barely very, say it. Yeah. His voice quivers. It's really uh it was really a striking moment in that episode for me. And then after he kind of name dropped Sidious, we heard Captain Rex in that uh, or Commander Rex, sorry, Commander Rex in that clip, and the clone troopers know exactly where Ahsoka's at, and they start firing away at those Mandalorians that are holding Ahsoka uh into that in that little tunnel. And then Maul, you know, Maul just he goes, Not yet, right? Like they they want a battle. He draws his lightsaber, right? Like she a- she asks him to 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 surrender and he says it would be pointless because if i'm correct soon the jedi and republic will no longer be the controlling interests in the galaxy mm-hmm. and Ooh. he's 100 percent right and yep. it is Definitely very much. very soon <laughs> like yeah days or hours no it's crazy it's crazy but that that not yet is so telling and then he just runs away and well, is and uh I- I noticed from our notes that we had some slightly different opinions on what that not yet was in reference to. What did you guys take that as? I thought that it was, uh, I mean, Maul is, Maul, as we know, Maul is a planner like Sidious. He has put all these plans in place and he had a plan put in place. And by fighting Ahsoka at that moment, it would not, um, it wouldn't lead to his ultimate plan. And he was willing to stretch it out and wait for the right time to have that conversation that he needed to have. I think Maul knew he needed to try to get Ahsoka over to his side and see his point of view. And he wasn't ready to have it at that moment based on the circumstances. That's my. Yeah, I, I agree. He hit a wall with this plan. He was he had something that he thought was going to work. And when it wasn't Kenobi and Anakin, it's Ahsoka. He has to quickly develop a new plan, but he know he doesn't know her. So that's where he comes up with, I'm going to take Jesse and I'm going to interrogate him about Ahsoka so I can find a way to get into her and to cut Mm -hmm. into her armor a little bit and convince her of what we need to do together. And he didn't have the information he needed yet. His plan wasn't fully formed. Right. 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 That and I think he wanted to make his elevator pitch alone. And he had all those Mm -hmm. Mandalorian witnesses at that moment, too. Right. Right. Yeah. So then we get to a cut scene where, uh, well, actually, Ahsoka and the troops, they try to chase down Maul and the Mandalorians. They, you know, they come to a dead end. No big deal. Then it's like a hard cut to a meeting room and there's a hologram of, you know, we got Bo-Katan, we got Commander Rex, we got Ahsoka around a hologram of a city. And then the camera kind of pans over and then you get the Obi-Wan Kenobi hologram reveal, which... Mm-hmm. I was I don't I wasn't expecting not sure if any of you were expecting, but that was a really nice touch. And it added more depth, more connection, that timestamp that we talked about previously. It added that place in the story thanks to Obi-Wan's dialogue. So Mm -hmm. we do learn a lot more um, details about everything going on in the galaxy from Obi-Wan's perspective, including Darth Sidious, which I have a clip queued up here. He mentioned a name, Darth Sidious. Who is this Sidious? I do not know much, but I will share with you what the Council suspects. The little droid runs away. <laughs> Darth Sidious is the Sith Lord who orchestrated the Clone Wars and played both sides of it from the beginning. True. I first learned the name from Count Dooku, though any chance of learning more about Sidious from Dooku 
has been lost. Hmm. Why? Because Count Dooku is dead. Anakin killed him while rescuing the Chancellor. With Dooku gone, we've lost a vital link to understanding the mystery of Darth Sidious. If you can capture Maul, he may be able to provide the missing pieces to this puzzle. Then send me more men. Unfortunately, I cannot. So the interesting couple of interesting notes there. He found out while he was being held captive with Count Dooku. Dooku let it slip for some odd reason. He uh, he, he told him way back in uh, yeah. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. He was trying to. Yeah, he didn't let it slip. He no. just told him. Yeah. He, he basically oh, said, you're yeah, working for know, the wrong side. <laughs> I mean, that was. It he was, was trying to turn him. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was a miscalculation, maybe that. I mean, whatever. We all know how it plays out. But Dooku uh, was playing fast and loose there. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think that's the right moment to tell him. But it was, a, it was a good piece of information that was. You know, you're talking. They they pulled in that that line of dialogue from Attack of the Clones twenty plus years ago. I love it. I love that they brought well, that it, in. It's another sign of the the Jedi's hubris and they're, they show it over and over. This is literally right in front of your face. You talk to this guy every single day. Right. People have tried to tell you who it is. Dooku told you to your face what is happening, but you guys just don't believe it mm-hmm. because you're so sure of what you're doing. No one could ever do this because we are the Jedi and we are so powerful and they're wrong. Right. No, it's 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 crazy. And then the Dooku, you know, the reveal that Anakin killed Dooku and then you get that 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 beat, that music beat, the boom, the thunder right behind that. It's just really intense scene, really explores, like I said earlier, more depth to this story, adds more detail, more emotional connection to it. Well, when he's I mean, you hear the Emperor's theme when he's talking about this, you know, it's like a little bit like rearranged, but it's, you know, the the musical cues have been incredible in this Brilliant. in this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I know, maybe it's just because I'm paying closer attention to it for these, you know, for our episodes, but I feel like it's better than it used to be. Not that it was bad before, but I think that they're just doing like a more masterful job of putting that stuff in there. I don't mm-hmm. know. I thought it could it, just be me though. No, <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think they're yeah. pulling out all the stops for the, this last arc, especially. Yeah. And that very next line after where the clip cut off is when Obi-Wan says, I can't send you more troops. I, I got to go. Right. I'm being sent mm-hmm. to hunt down General Grievous on Utapah. Yep. Yeah, that is uh, – yeah, I meant to keep that in there. <laughs> That's okay. So bad. we know that because yeah. yeah. basically Obi-Wan has a conversation with Anakin that – we need to put you. He just got put on the council. We're not going to make you mad, da, 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 but we need you to spy it's on. It's not fair. Yeah, well, he's kind of a crybaby. <laughs> That's his mo. Um, we need you to spy on the chancellor, and then he clearly, in my opinion, clearly makes this call to Ahsoka after that, and then he and Anakin have what is their ultimately last conversation before he leaves, right, to Utapa. It's intense. It's intense. The conversation was very interesting when, you know, Obi-Wan kind of tells her that he's been sent to spy on the Chancellor, right? Because Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan... He reacts the exact same way Anakin did. Exactly. But Obi-Wan sharing that information, because it was almost he was told to share that with Anakin kind of in secret, right? Don't tell anybody else that we're telling Anakin to go spy on the Chancellor. But Obi-Wan tells Ahsoka, hey, this is what's happening. I don't fully trust it. And I think Obi-Wan at that point realizes something more is going on here and he's sharing it with her to try to help because he, but he's not, 
I don't think he's willing to take that any kind of individual action on his own or form that independent thought because that's ideally the Jedi way, right? They think about things, they meditate on things before really making decisions. They don't jump into anything quickly. Clearly, he knows something is wrong and he's sharing it with her. He didn't have to share that information with her, but he knows how close of friends Anakin and Ahsoka are, so he feels compelled to give her that information. Yeah, and this is something I wrote down in my notes, but Obi-Wan is becoming disillusioned with the Jedi Order too. He's yeah. a little bit, yeah. He's unfortunately in he's he's a Jedi master. He's on the council. He's a hero of the Clone Wars. He's a pivotal he's actually about to go take out Grievous, who's the like the main general right. left. Um he he's he's an important part, but he also doesn't agree with the council all the time. Yep. And, and we see that and we, he wanted to go help Mandalore, but he couldn't, they had mm-hmm. to go rescue the chancellor. He says he council doesn't know, always get it right. He knows they shouldn't be putting Anakin in this position. It's ultimately what leads to Anakin's along with a million other things fall to the dark side. But right. we already know Ahsoka understands that the order is flawed we see that obi-wan knows it's flawed yoda makes comments about i'm not sure if anyone can ever win a war and how how wrong they are for living in the decadence of war and we know padme bail organa obviously everybody who's a separatist all these people are under are realize it's just too late and it's really sad like palpatine's plan right here at the end people are realizing what's happening they just late. don't have enough pieces to put it all together and it's too late to do anything. So this is all pretty, pretty heavy stuff. I I, I wonder if he told Ahsoka that in confidence with the hopes that she might clear up this, this issue with Maul and then get to Anakin to help maybe be that voice of reason or to help Anakin um, just be that you know, that support. I don't know if Kenobi had a thought that he might be on Utapau too long or there might be some delay. I, I don't know what that is, but it's also, you know, that's Anakin's most trusted, you know, outside of Obi-Wan, that's mm-hmm. Anakin's most trusted friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you've you got Obi-Wan, you've got Ahsoka and you've got Padme and that's like his whole, his main support system. And, right. And this, it's not really something he can talk to Padme about so much. It's Jedi stuff. And, and, I think he knows that they have pushed Anakin to the edge and, and Anakin has, a, he, he struggles with his emotions and his com- commitments and attachments and things. And, and now they, he feels so slighted by being put on the council and not made a master. And then they back him into the corner where they're asking him to spy on this man that he sees as like a right. mentor and a protector. And he's, He's at a breaking point, and I think Obi-Wan knows him really well and knows that he can't be there for him right now, but Anakin really needs something. He probably senses that all that turmoil inside of him and feels like Ahsoka maybe could have talked him back to a, a, into a better place, and I think he might be right. And that's sort of the thing about this episode that really gets me is there's two, three, four, five different times where you're like, oh, man, if you just did that, (laughs) this whole thing, you would have stopped the whole thing with one more question or one more (sighs) one more hologram call or what, you know. Well, and of the three support people that you mentioned, he's Anakin's afraid that one of them is going to die. One of them has already left him. And the third one, he basically says through all of revenge of the Sith and attack of the clones that he always criticizes him. He he's always 
not thinking that Anakin is as good as he he is. But the one person that is always lifting him up and bumping his spirits up was uh, Palpatine because he says, I foresee you being the greatest Jedi of all time. And he's always he's always coaxing that ego and he's very supportive of Anakin. So those three support people who should have been helping him and supportive of him, they've all left him or he's afraid of losing in some way, shape or form. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So this is, there's a lot to unpack with this three minute scene. <laughs> what what did you guys, I know. What did you guys say? So he said, she, she's walking away and she looks back and she looks at Obi-Wan and he says, she says, tell Anakin. And then he says, I will. And then she just walks away because he says, you should go help. What did you guys well, take that to mean? I, there was one more thing one, uh, right before that. He he says to her because we've been talking around this, but we haven't said it. He says, um, "Ahsoka, the council isn't always right. That's why I'm asking for your help." Like he he flat out says, "They made mm-hmm. the wrong decision. I can't do anything about it. I need you to do something." But um, that's a that's a good question. Tell Anakin I will. Uh, I wrote down like. If this was uh, like a, a Ron Howard show, that's, <laughs> that's when the narrator would come in and be like, he did not tell Anakin. Like, <laughs> whatever. Because I felt it was like, tell Morgan Anakin. Freeman in there. <laughs> yeah, that, that, tell him I, I'm thinking about him or that that's, yes. I yeah, believe that's in him can, or yeah. that I, you know, and I think that's like, she didn't know the words, but like, just, but he d- clearly didn't. <laughs> like, yeah, right, and right. she never got to talk to him, so... Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one to speculate on. I'm in that same vein. I think it was just tell Anakin I care about him or, you know, I don't know, something to that effect. Uh, Wow. Okay. well, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out. Um, There's still two episodes to go, you know, I'm not even sure what they're still going to cover. Order 66. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she goes off in search of Maul. Yeah. So now, yeah. So now the group, they're going to go try to. Go find Maul. They gotta, they gotta get him. They gotta hold him prisoner so they can interrogate him about Darth Sidious, right? Mm-hmm. So that leads, that leads to another cutscene. I where, saw a weird thing here. So as they're going, there's that big, uh, like hole in the ground that classic so they pan Star Wars. over the dead yep. troopers and go mm-hmm. down the. And on that little catwalk thing, there is a trooper who got shot. And there, this is such a lame nitpick thing for me to even say, but I noticed it like the first time I watched it and now I noticed it every single time, but there's like smoke coming out of this blaster bolt in his chest, but the smoke does not move. It like, I don't know. It's like, it wasn't wasn't animation wasn't like a hundred percent finished or somebody missed it or, but like, I'm like, went too much on the mocap for the fight scene. So they couldn't afford the smoke moving in there. But it's just like weirdly kind of sitting there. I don't know. Anyway, they, then they pan down and this is where, what kind of, it's all good. Trooper name is Sterling. Sterling. What is that? Sterling. What is yeah, that? What? Sterling, Sterling Archer. You got Hard, you got hard Case. You got Oddball. And then you get Sterling. Sterling. There's millions of them, Justin. You're going to run out of names eventually. There's a there's a Steve in there somewhere. Jesse. Oh, there's a Jesse. 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 Uncle Jesse. He's going to come up here in a minute. Hi, this is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Angel, 
Hi, I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help, so please subscribe, rate, and review right away. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. We hope you're enjoying this crossover cast on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Make sure to use the hashtags, hashtag crossovercast, and hashtag stay positive when tweeting about this show. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, so this is where it's leading. So Sterling, our boy Sterling, is laying there with a blaster bolt in his chest. The smoke is moving uh, on that blaster bolt. And Ahsoka's like, yo, what's going on? He's like, Maul came through, ambushed us, and he was – he took Jesse. He took the ARC trooper, Jesse. Jesse's – you know what? What did he say? Jesse's like the oldest one or something. He realized he was older. He could tell he was older. Yeah. Yeah. So he grabbed Jesse, and then the cutscene then goes to Maul with uh, with Gar Saxon and Rook cast, and they are in another tunnel, another sewer somewhere. But what's interesting is Jesse's just super defiant. Like I'm not going to tell you anything, and Maul just goes into this like this like in-depth speech to this clone trooper and i'm like why is he telling this clone trooper it's all this stuff? I did evil villain divulging the whole plot to somebody yes. right <laughs> yes so i did pull that clip we'll listen to that How here real charming quick that you actually believe yeah go ahead <laughs> combat on part of the plan what plan what are you talking about the plan the only plan that matters. Not even I was made aware of its grand design. Crazy, dude. So he's telling Jesse. I think he's still just kind of turning that all over in his mind. He's oh, figuring sure. it all out sure. for himself. He's talking out loud. Jesse's just there being a, a prisoner. So he's also crazy. Maul's oh, also sure. kind of a little crazy. His mm-hmm. social norms are, are not uh, <laughs> not common. But uh, he does. He tells Gar Saxon eventually he goes, hey, 
Gar, Almec's still alive. Go take yep. care of him. And Gar's like, all right, later. He puts on the sweet helmet. The awesome. visor lights up yellow. I'm like, hell that, yeah. That scene was great. It's just the walkaway shot of like the henchman going to take care of business with the <laughs> yeah. boss in the perfect. background torturing perfect. somebody. That was, and, that was a fantastic shot. And you you hear Jesse scream because Maul, like Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens to Rey, like, uh, what was it? It was Obi-Wan Yoda and Mace Windu to Cad Bane in the Clone Wars, where they're trying to use the Force to pull the thoughts out of the mind. Um, And that's what Maul was doing to Jesse. And you hear Jesse scream, and, you know, Maul eventually gets what he needs to know. Yeah, I mean, it it generally works. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The the old uh, mind extraction i guess we got it's like is that like a super advanced version of the jedi mind trick (laughs) yeah right we got to go back though because when you walk in on that maul is having a conversation when saxon comes in good call you're right he was having where we're at yeah you're right you're right he was having he was he was Telling the crime syndicate, the Shadow Collective, no, to that's go later. That's later. Is that later? Right uh, yeah, I mixed them up. Yeah. That oh, later. that's before the Mandalorian yeah, yeah, Warriors. Yeah, this is really good. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, this is when Maul says, um, uh, "Hold on, what did he say? Uh, I played my part, and do you know what happened to me? I was cast aside. I was, I, I did what yeah. I was supposed to do. I tried to serve my master, and I thought, you know, it's sort of the theme of the one of the themes of this whole episode, but." Um, uh, Ahsoka feels that same way, or you could describe Ahsoka the same way. You know, she was taken from her family as an, as a baby to train at the Jedi temple. And she committed her whole life to the Jedi order. She fought in a galactic war as a teenager on the front lines, uh, and did everything she could. And, and when push came to shove, they, they did not have her back. They cast her aside and, and she ended up having to leave. A lot of parallels oh, between those time. two. Big time. I love it. I mean, it, it, I didn't didn't really put it together until after watching these episodes is uh, how closely they're tied. Well, and the, and the title the title applies exactly. to both of them, like the Phantom yeah. Apprentice. No, I love it. So good. So speaking of the Phantom Apprentice, Ahsoka, Bo-Katan, and uh, Commander Rex go to visit Almec in the Mandalorian prison. And Almec's there and he's you know, actually Almec is super compliant up until one point. You know, they're asking him, like, what's up with Maul? Where's Maul? He's actually answering questions. And then well, that's um, he's a he's a he's like a, a turd. You know, he's just, <laughs> OK, who's going to benefit me right now? So I'm first like whoever's in charge. I'm going to just try to, like, give them what I can to save myself. Mm-hmm. He's he's such a weak little piece yeah. of crap. Like a weak little piece of crap who might like have a grudge against Django Fett and tell people that he's not a Mandalorian that when doesn't he actually make him a liar, is. Josh. <laughs> being a being a little piece of crap doesn't mean you might be a liar. I think being I a think nice that's... person might be a liar. I mean, that's, that's two things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Olmec, the the nice liar turd guy, um, is talking with Bo-Katan, Ahsoka, and Commander Rex. <laughs> And right when Ahsoka asked Bo-Katan to rough him up to get some information, she gives him that look he like, hey, go knock him out. <laughs> Everyone um, knew she would do it. That's why it worked. <laughs> uh, he Almec gets two blaster bolts in the chest as he was about to reveal who Maul's vision was about. Uh, they wanted the name of who who Maul was after. And, of course, Gar Saxon had assassinated him he he shot him with two two blaster bolts 
Mm-hmm. They they did ask him uh, what's his plan to escape, and he says Maul's not trying to escape. He sees no point in doing so. That's what. Yeah, so that's right. That's interesting. That's right. That's a good piece right there. And then uh, as as Ahsoka is cradling a dying Almec in her arms, she really desperately wants this information out of him. And in most movies, we don't get it. We don't get the information. They the, the person that has the information usually just dies on the spot and you're left hanging. But in this case, Filoni gave it to you right away. Let's go ahead and take a listen to this. And then please pay attention to the musical cue yeah. yep. when he says the name we're all waiting for. Had a vision, a dream. The name came to him. What name? Sky Walker. Tell your sister you were right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our resident one percent, John Williams. Uh, John's. What, what would you call your one percenter? Your John, John Williams. Williams 1%. 1%. I want to get this right. John I mean, you are distinguished. 1%. I don't want to mess up your your cue here. Um, can you give us some some insight on that musical cue? Yeah, it's the same cue from when um, Vader is dying on the ramp of the shuttle at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, and he's kind of doing the same thing where he's like gasping something out to Luke as he's dying. So. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. It is, it is a nice that. touch. It's just interesting that it's playing right now during essentially the fall of Anakin Skywalker, and it also plays during the death of Darth Vader. True. No, that's very true. Was I, that is, the death yeah, of Darth what, Vader, or was it the death of Anakin Skywalker? Because at that point, he had been redeemed. Nitpick. I believe it was the they death were of both Anakin. The death of I mean, Anakin I, I, Skywalker, yeah. in my yeah. opinion. But it's also, uh, it, it's also like just an extension of the Imperial March, isn't it? It is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like the minor version, or something. It's a very yeah. specific no, cue, though. I mean, it was like exactly. It, it, the same it really thing. is. No, it really is. So, Almec reveals the name to Ahsoka. Ahsoka is just uh, like dumbfounded, and um, and then we get this incredible Bo-Katan Gar Saxon elevator chase, a la Revenge of the Sith elevator chase, uh, where Anakin and uh, is rescuing the Chancellor, and then Obi, you know, that whole scene in Revenge of the Sith where they're just doing all these weird elevator things. Very similar to that in the in the sense. I I'm trying to like, did they, they get to at use the all time? their Mandalorian and, gear, which is like so cool? Uh, she's got her her shield thing and flamethrowers oh, yeah. and jetpacks oh, and blast all. like they, oh, they pull yeah. out the whole kit which i was like she yeah. was she was bested by gar saxon this he is was, true he, he beat her and she this was frustrated by it you could see it on her face when mm. he's flying away she blew that jetpack out trying to stop that <laughs> elevator though that thing was gutted uh so yeah it was a pretty cool scene and it definitely after watching revenge of the sith last night i was like oh yeah there's this whole like 10 minute <laughs> scene of them in these elevators doing very similar things uh so that was pretty cool to see the symmetry there all right that's when he walks through this yeah. tunnel and sees yep. the three holograms there it is so he comes back to report to maul that he he killed all but yeah he Maul at that time is disbanding or not disbanding, but he's telling the, the hiding. yeah, going to hiding. So you get to see uh Hawaiian Mard Krim. You get to see uh who you have it in the notes here. It's Zaiton Maj. Or Zaiton Zaiton Maj. Is he's that a, a name Falling. we should know? Is that a name he's, we should know? He's the leader of the Black Sun. 
Right, but mm-hmm. Prince Caesar is the only Black Sun character I know, and he's not canon. But he, uh, I believe took over after Zomit Grunsight. Um, what? Not Larry or leading it or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Larry. Well, the way um, Maul the way Maul took over Black Sun was just like by killing a bunch of oh, them it was and insane. being like, "Who wants to be the boss now that listens to me?" And then <laughs> yeah. it was, was like, like the bodyguard. Was like, yeah, yeah, it was like the major domo that like took him up the elevator. Now leads the Black Sun. But it was interesting to see a Falline in the in the show. There, they'd only mm-hmm. been on I think one other one, maybe in Clone. Oh, when 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 Maul and Savage. Uh, yeah. took over yeah yeah, yeah. that episode that and then you get to see the propeller blade when maul threw it across the table and beheaded everybody that was <laughs> that was a crazy so episode yeah. yeah um so the third person in that hologram was someone i predicted to be on yeah. this show which was dryden voss a young a young dryden voss which Dude, I listen. I love right. these little things. Chris like, is this one is... for two hundred now <laughs> on his prediction. Oh, it's like four. It's like four for two hundred. Come on. Um, but here's the thing: it's these little moments that make Star Wars fans happy, and it's just those little. Yes. It's that. It's the little touches, man. Like he didn't say a word. He was just in the scene and you're like, Oh hell yeah. Like that. Like, in the same pose with his hand oh, by his awesome. chin standing like this. Yep. It just adds more depth. Just mm-hmm. seeing them in the different universe, uh, in the animated universe just adds more depth. Like when Maul shows up in solo star Wars story, it just, it's such a nice, interesting touch. So happy they, they did that. So I love tying the media together like that. It's always something I enjoy. Oh, love it. Love it. Hey, uh, so I, this is a little off topic, but it was something I remembered and I just looked it up to be sure. So um, Prince Zizor was no longer canon. And then he was brought back into canon because he's mentioned in the Galaxy's Edge Black Spire cookbook. Ooh. Well. <laughs> oh, now, wow. and then a wild a, way to come back. Really into took canon. a roundabout way yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, he was made getting that cookbook soon, actually. Like, it was some weird way like that. Yeah. That is potentially the weirdest way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so the Shadow Collective goes into hiding, yada, yada, yada. And then Maul gives this rousing speech to the Mandalorians that are in the tunnel. And is like, yo, guys, we're going to go to battle, yada, yada, yada. And you'll get a warrior's death. Basically manipulating them to their core of who they are as a people. Um, he did have one interesting line that says something like, we'll, we'll emerge from the gutters or there's some line about gutters. Kyle, do you know what that line is? You know what I'm talking about? Um, I, I do. That's not what I had written down, but it's, uh, I can get to that in just a second. Sure, the one sure, I had yeah. written down was you once liberated me from my imprisonment yes, by Sidious sorry, and, yes. his, and his apprentice. And that's how he, um, started out this whole speech and I, right. uh, that I, that is, this is something I just read. That's from, um, the Darth Maul son of Dathomir comic, which is actually yes. really good. I, I think it's, it's not that many issues. It's like 10 issues or 14 or something like that. So it's, it's four or five. Um, actually. It's only four. Yeah. Is yeah that's it? only four. Yeah. It's only four. I read it all on a, on a tablet. So it just like keeps going <laughs> to the end. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, well, and that, that comic is so much more important than you realize too, because because one, it was actually it's the last Dark Horse comic to be made before Marvel took over. But it's still really? really yeah, but it's still considered canon. 
And it's one of those Clone Wars legacy things that was supposed to be a Clone Wars arc that never got made. <clears throat> wow. I, I did write a, a couple of details down because there is so much really good stuff in there. Um, if you don't get a chance to read it or or if you've already read it, here's a reminder. But it picks up immediately following one of the best lightsaber battles that ever happened in Clone Wars uh, between maul and savage and darth sidious and that's where savage yeah. ends up getting killed by sidious this takes place in season five episode 16 the lawless which you've probably heard me mention a bunch of times that's the one where um obi-wan is on mandalore and satine gets killed um in the son of dathomir we also learned that maul was um taken by sidious um from his mother, Mother Talzin, who was his actual biological mother, not just mother in the like, uh, I don't know, more abstract sense that they sometimes use it on Dathomir. Um, but he was taken as a small child and and Sidious kind of uh, tricked Mother Talzin. She was supposed to be his right hand. And and uh, so Maul has been basically persecuted and taken advantage of by Sidious his whole life, which right. was a. Uh, a revelation to me and it kind of added a lot to that character that yeah i i will second that the the mother Talzin for i love the night sisters i mm -hmm. i make no bones about it one of my best teams in galaxy of heroes is a advanced night sister team i thought I, I would love to see more night sister content who knows how we'll get it but in the son of dathomir comic mother Talzin is an incredible character adds so much more depth to the character's it is a must read. If you are enjoying this arc and this this final arc of the Clone Wars, it is a must read to go back and get the Son of Dathomir comic for sure. So it did it did kind of clear up the um the whole Shadow Collective um verse uh how it morphed into the the new um crimson dawn what is it in what are they called crimson in soul dawn. yeah into crimson dawn yeah the shadow collective palpatine used all his resources and kind of squeezed them so they ended up leaving um darth maul and so that he, he had to kind of start over and we see that he re-recruited black sun and the pikes because they're in the right. holograms but i get the impression now that he's kind of dealing with black sun and the pikes and then crimson dawn through dryden voss as its own kind of thing but it did elaborate on that a little bit um and there was one really great quote by mother talzin that i wanted to share um they're trying to convince dooku that palpatine is bad and and why uh they he should team up with them basically. And mother Towson says no count to betray oneself is the ultimate defeat. Sidious seduces you with the promise of power, but he already seeks to replace you. And that is potentially yeah, yeah, like the most concise, accurate assessment of, of what Palpatine is up to. He I will love it. seduce you with the promise of power. He does that with everybody and he's already seeking to replace you. Yeah. I love that. That was really, really love good. that line. So outside of the son of Dathomir connection and uh, to add more, more layers and depth to this story, uh, Maul then manipulates those Mandalorian warriors. The, the Maul Not that hard to do, honestly, with the Death Watch Mandos. <laughs> no. Do you guys no. like fighting? You want to fight? You want to die a warrior's death? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they're stoked. But he does make a line about emerging from the gutters or, you know, he, getting out of the he gutters. He says that they're not supposed, they're supposed to be like on yeah. the battlefield. They're not supposed to be hiding in the gutters. 
It's That's not what the it is. way okay. of your people to hide here in the gutters. So listen, yeah. what happens in the Mandalorian live action TV show? They're hiding in the gutters. That's the new way. That was Dave going. I oh. <laughs> gotcha. Like that's it's totally like he's <laughs> scheming. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, I just I caught that right away. I was like, oh, dang. OK, weird how how it just went there 20 years, 30 years later or whatever. Anyways. All right. So then the Warriors, they go out. They're ready to they're ready to rock. But then um, the next cut scene is Commander Rex. It is Bo-Katan and mm-hmm. it is Ahsoka. And they're talking about the occupation of Mandalore. You see these scenes of clone troopers uh, corralling Mandalorian civilians, which Mandalore, you know, they had that peace treaty with the Republic. They didn't want to be invaded. Mm-hmm. They don't like, they don't want this. They're a very independent. Um, they're a very independent race, or if you would call it a race, um, and, and to, to see this occupation of Mandalore, you know, they're pissed at the troopers. They're like, they don't want to do this, but they kind of have to because the Maldalorians are insane or whatever, whatever the well, reason may be. And, and this is what Olmec said was going to happen, too. He said, if if you facilitate a Republic invasion, you're going to lose the faith of the people. They're not gonna, the Mandalorians aren't going to be down with that, you know, and he, right. he was right. You can tell the people aren't. Really pumped, but I don't think there's a situation where you're going to be corralled by a military force and be like right. really excited about it. I don't think. Right, right. And then, you know, then there is the call for more troops. I believe, uh, you know, oh, no, Rex. Rex tells them like, yo, my people don't want to be the police force anyways, man. Right. Like we like we got to we got to get Maul. We got to get out of here. And she says the Republic forces will depart once we <clears throat> capture Maul and then you'll have the opportunity to lead. And they walk into the throne room and there he <sighs> is just like <sighs> chilling exactly like he was in the episode I mentioned, The Lawless, with the foot up, just so relax. Like you already look sweet sitting on a throne like even if you're a huge nerd like if you're sitting on a throne in a throne room you look badass but he's like kicked back with his foot up and mm-hmm. oh just cool as a cucumber man and yeah it is insane it is insane so then we get this other homage to another a force power that we had only seen with kylo ren where Bo-Katan starts firing blaster bolts at, at, at Maul and Maul just waves them away and you get to see them actually like curve in the animation. But Kylo Ren, you know, obviously was another force power he demonstrated in Force Awakens. So that, that kind of reminded me of, of Vader in Empire when they oh, go. Where, oh, yeah. Uh, he just kind of like, I guess, stopped, stopped it him. more than like yeah. waving it off. But uh, OK, you know, you're right. You're a right. Similar thing. So that was interesting to see that there. And then he force chokes. Great, though. What's what is what was the he line? He says, "Is that any way to treat your rightful ruler, <laughs> my <lady>. lord?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good. Oh, what an asshole! Uh, so <laughs> he uh, he he force chokes and lifts Bo-Katan, and then you know everyone's like, oh, everyone's going crazy. You see Jesse, Jesse's there, and he's he's still held captive. Yeah. Um, but he does release Bo-Katan. He does release mm-hmm. her. Well, he re- he releases everybody, and this is yep. what Josh was talking about before. He was like, uh, he drops Bo, and then he's like, "Here, as a show of good faith, I'll give you your comrade back." And he gives him Jesse, and then Ahsoka's like, "Rex, take Jesse, get him out of here." And right. then immediately after that, there's all these explosions outside from where Maul was like, "Hey, let's go start a big fight." And then he's like, mm, "Somebody better go take care of that." And <laughs> yeah, was good. Like, well, yeah, yeah, that was good. Go do it. I'll be cool. Didn't he say something and so like he gets her alone? Doesn't he say yeah. something like? Oh, you know, go ahead. Don't worry. Don't stay on my account. It'll be fine. Or like so, he said yeah, something yeah, really yeah, 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 exactly. 
<laughs> oh, we'll be we'll be okay. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to ask her to overthrow the galaxy with me or anything. Like it's fine. He's so nuts. He's so nuts. So yeah, that's where it gets into next. And Ahsoka and Maul are now left in this throne room, and he begins to basically explain the similarities between the two. But as this at this battle is rate like raging outside these windows uh they kind of stroll over to those those windows and he makes a little comment here look at them so blissfully ignorant care to tell me what this is all about or would you rather save it for the council so that's where, you know, Ahsoka's still on the mindset she wants to capture Maul and needs to take him captive. Maul's got his, finally has his plan put together. He's ready to unleash it on her. And then starts talking about the vision that he had about uh, Sidious, the unraveling of the Republic. He, and how He the pokes Republic- at her just a little bit first. Mm-hmm. He's like... Um, He's like, no, she's like, well, we can talk about this when I take you back to the council. And he's like, no, 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 you're the one I want to talk to. Weren't you, uh, weren't you kicked out of your order? And she's like, oh, I, oh, I left voluntarily. Right. And he's like, mm, that's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah. Uh, were you not cast out of your order? Yeah. So he's like trying to get them onto a level. She's like, uh, I left of my own. He's like, yeah, but you were motivated to leave by the hypocrisy of the Jedi council. That's you right. Know? So he's like convincing her. Like, you know, they're wrong. Listen to me. They're not, they're confused. They're missing the point. They're not doing the right thing. And he's not wrong. He's selfish and he's greedy, but he's not wrong. And I love the delivery of this because as he's trying to get his point across to her, he's frustrated. You can hear it in his voice. He's like, I'm trying to tell you. And he kind of starts to sound like crazy mall from rebels a (laughs) little bit. Like when you first encounter him there, like his thoughts have just overtaken his mind. And he's like, nobody is listening to me. I'm trying to get you to help. And like figure this out and nobody's listening. So he kind of sounded a, a little bit. Yeah. That's a frustrating situation to be in when yeah. you know something is true, when you know for a fact yeah. that it's yeah. true and people just aren't hearing it. But he, was he like says we little... were both tools for greater powers. Like, oh, oh man. Yeah. So He's going cra- like his mind is just going crazy at this point. I'm like, oh, there's crazy mall. He's coming out a little bit. <laughs> and then I this love is this whole scene. This scene one is of the just... best things. I'm here to bring you justice. I think somebody else has this written down too. Justice is merely the construct of the current power base. It's like, yeah. mm-hmm. that, yeah. it's all relative, man. You're going to take me to justice by who? By the Galactic Senate, who's ruled by a Sith Lord right now? You just don't know it? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's so heavy. So I, I did pull another a couple lines of dialogue from this, from this very intense, pivotal scene. Let's take a listen. Darth Sidious is behind it? He is behind everything. In the shadows, always. Call back to Leia. He will reveal himself. With your help, the Jedi can stop Sidious before it's too late. Too late? For what? The Republic to fall? It already has, and you just can't see it. There is no justice, no law, no order, except for the one that will replace it. The time of the Jedi has passed. They cannot defeat Sidious. But together, you and I can. The invitation. Oh, the hand extension. Every choice you have made has led you to this moment. Oh, that, that is just... 
the Kylo mm. Ren to Ray, a la Last Jedi throne room sequence. Yeah. Um, that that was very telling right there. But also, you know, to me, Kylo and Ray were still two <clears throat> two force users still trying to figure things out, and they were battling the light and the dark. They're straddling those lines just like Ahsoka and Maul were, and that to me is the symmetry, the poetry between those two scenes. And uh, man, that that. Everything I just played, probably. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. dude, that so is. Good. Oh, I can't get over it. <laughs> oh, are you waiting for me? Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and you, you know what I love about Darth Maul? Why he's the absolute best for for my dollar is that he he's the villain, he's the bad guy, but every single thing he just said is true. He's yes. right. Mm-hmm. He's a hundred percent right. He's actually trying to do the most right thing of everybody, maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe for selfish reasons, but right. he's trying yeah. to do more good than anybody else out there right now. And oh man, if she had just asked him one more question, I think she would have gone with him too. Well, then there, there it goes. So after he asked for her you know, uh, allegiance or partnership or whatever you want to call it. You know, we get another cut scene. We get the We, of course we get the dramatic pause. What's she going to say? What's she going to say? Got to think it, about it. It cuts to a Wilhelm scream moment, which is pretty fun ah! for me. It's a, <laughs> so that was pretty good. Uh, but just more Maldalorians and clone troopers battling. And then, the, then death watch comes in and starts going crazy. And it's a whole, you know, just more battle scenes. And then it cuts back to the, the, the window blows again. out of the throne room. Then there uh, it goes. The mm-hmm. slow mo. That was sweet. window. Oh, so crazy. But it was like here's a, the thing. one of those shots from the Matrix where the people oh, are yeah. stationary, but the camera yep. goes around. It's slow mo. You got uh, sparks and flames. You got little shards of glass. Oh, man, it's beautiful. It's very um, Mustafar esque where you get all those lava flakes and all that you know stuff that is floating around obi-wan and anakin that's what was making me think like shit are we there like you know people are doing all those time studies no we're not there yet we're not there yet but um it kind of reminded me of that a little bit but then she she's basically like yeah i'll join you but you have to you have to answer me this one question you know what do you want with skywalker and then he he tells her that Skywalker was being groomed as the Sith apprentice, and um, she could he is the key to everything. Mm-hmm. And then and she, she goes says to, bring to bring balance, balance to, the force. to the force, right? He says to so, destroy. Like, oh, oh, brutal! He has truth. long been groomed for his role. Brutal truth. And then Ahsoka's like, yeah, no, that's this is the <laughs> one not, more question she should have asked if she right here said. Who is Darth Sidious? And he told her that Darth Sidious was Chancellor Palpatine. I really believe she would have been like, oh, crap. Yeah, that can be true. Yep. He really has been grooming her him his whole life. He really has pulled him in. He really could be behind the Grand Army of the Republic. And like, I think she might have believed it. She, you know, and she's a little bit more measured than Anakin, but she still is a little bit rash like Anakin because, you know, he's been training her. And I think he's one of her, you know, uh, soft spots, whereas like 
with everything else, yep. she is measured. But then as soon as he says Anakin's bad, she's like, wait, no, there's she no was way. Too blinded. I mean, yep. the, the sad part is that none of this would have mattered, though, because, I mean, you think about all the other people that Palpatine's been able to murk with, like, no effort. Like, he would have killed Ahsoka and Maul <laughs> right. in three seconds. Like, come on. See, I, I don't know, because because Anakin is there with him, too. So if Ahsoka and Maul had gotten there and they had been able to reveal a Sidious identity to him on their own and then gone and confronted him, confronted him all together, I think they could have done it. I think so. If they, that would have been Maul, yeah. Ahsoka and Anakin. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Because we'll I think the to... only reason it worked on Anakin is because Palpatine was able to manipulate him when he found out. He's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe I use the dark side a little bit, but I can <laughs> right. save your wife and the Jedi suck. And yeah, you know, yeah, if, oh, yeah. if he hadn't been able been alone with him, it, it wouldn't have worked. I mean, you could go back to Attack of the Clones when Dooku had Obi-Wan captured and he's basically telling him, hey, what if I told you that, you know, the Senate's are, are really been under control of somebody else. And Obi-Wan goes, maybe he's right. But Obi-Wan was just stuck in a mindset of Dooku is bad and he didn't right. want to listen to him. But if he had believed him then and kind of said, hey, Yoda, maybe we need to look at this and see what's going on here. They could have put two and two together if he said, yeah, l- let's talk a little bit about this. Right. Yeah. And Dooku yeah. says the emperor or Chancellor Palpatine is Darth Sidious. You can't tell me he didn't know that's who it was because, sure I mean, he, he walks well, out the, with like a hood like to right here. And he yeah. goes, yeah, I don't recognize like that guy. The classic like, Superman disguise. Like, right. Because like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he wasn't scarred at that point. So you can't tell me he didn't know who he was. It's, it's Superman but and Batman. If Obi-Wan had believed him then, it could have been over a while ago. When Dooku said that to Obi-Wan, I can't remember if it was in one of the movies or an episode, but he's like, I told you everything you needed to know way back when. You just didn't believe me. You weren't ready mm-hmm. to hear it. Yeah. So she does not accept his offer after hearing that. She actually draws her lightsabers. And then we get the Ray Park classic Phantom Menace double light, uh, dual lightsaber. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) dude, that was classic down to down to the hand movement. I mean, that that. Oh, my God. I'm just picturing my mind's eye right now. It was so gorgeous. And uh, you knew shit was about to go down. And of course, they start battling. It's it's a wild fight. And so good. after, you know, after pretty intense battle, um, they start they start jawing at each other. And there's a really there's a probably my favorite line, individual line in the entire show. So let's go ahead and play that here. <laughs> let's take a listen. You're lucky Anakin didn't show up. The way you're fighting, you wouldn't have lasted long. No one can arrogance. You'll find I have many qualities for you to dislike. So crazy. Uh, I love that awesome. line. You'll find I have many qualities you'll you'll grow to dislike or whatever, you know, whatever that, that line was. It was so good. So when this happened, it made me think of um, when when Luke is fighting Vader in Empire Strikes Back and he said, you, you'll find I'm full of surprises. And he like lunges at him. It's like oh, the yeah. same. It's like impressive. the same energy. <laughs> Most impressive. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I love this mocap and I feel like it looks so... I've never thought that Clone Wars looked unnatural, but it looks so human and realistic. And I can really tell in the footwork, the way they do those 
this is such like a weird thing for me to notice, but Ray Park does this little like hop thing where he hops from foot to foot foot to foot. Yeah. Yeah. Even when he's just like kind of moving and you can see Maul do it, but it's not something he ever would do when he's just regular animated. It's these completely human movements Mm. that you don't get from pure animation. Pure animation is still like, it's a little bit rigid and predictable and programmed, but this is completely fluid and natural. And it's, I, I can really see the difference. It's also smaller. You know, they're hopping six, eight inches off the ground instead of four right. and five mm-hmm. feet. He does that same kick flip where he kicks the one leg up and then brings the second leg up yes. over top when she was he had knocked the one saber out of her hand and she uses the force pull to bring it back in and ignites it. He does that kick flip up over top of it. He did the same thing in Phantom Menace when he was fighting Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Well, so to, to, to that point, he also, he did the, the face punch thing where he, you know, in Phantom Menace, he punches Qui-Gon. He did the same thing to Ahsoka and that's when she dropped her saber. I mean, it was like spot on. It was perfect. When she did that pull to get the saber back, it looked exactly of course, it reminds you of Luke in the in the in the um, Wampa's lair or whatever when he pulled his oh, saber. Yeah, but yeah. it also the shot looked just like when uh, Ray did it in The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and you get that super close up on the hand and the in the hilt of the saber. Uh, Ahsoka also did a cool thing where she uh, has because sometimes she'll do both sabers in reverse sometimes she does one reverse one standard and sometimes she does both standard but in the middle of the fight at one point she was one standard one reverse and she tossed and flipped the reverse one to grab them both standard right in the middle it was a really cool move hello there star wars friends it's josh your favorite star wars friend and resident john williams one percenter do you want to be a john williams one percenter like me well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards and accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc., but the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of the Grammy Award-winning band, Toto. Make sure to stay on target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. There's a lot of really crazy stuff going on in that fight. Uh, and we're not even halfway through the fight yet. And so it's awesome get- to think that that was choreographed and those people were, I'd love to see right. the behind the scenes of these people doing yeah. it in real life. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So we will, uh, so after that line of dialogue, they get a little crazier in the fight and there's a moment where, um, what happens? Maul, Maul, he is thrown out of a window or he does yeah. he leap out of the window? She no, he kicks gets, him. She yeah. like pushes pushes her onto her back and she does a little roll and kicks him through a window and you That's get this like awesome, like he has the double-bladed saber so you get the hole in the wall, <laughs> but then there's the also two lines where the saber went through and then we're back outside where there's 
the big uh, Mandalorian battle with the clones and Death Watch and and the Night Owls and and then Ahsoka sees Maul go like scurrying up a a little I guess a building onto like a, a roof and she like a bug to trying to flee away. Him. Did yeah. I miss that? Why do I not remember that scene of him scurrying? Because I was wondering how he got up on the scaffolding. She I was just looking around him to see thrown where he out went. the window. Yeah, she okay. jumps out and she like drags her saber down the That's one of those right. slanted That's wall right. buildings okay. that you get in Star Wars a lot. Which anytime you drag a saber through the ground, awesome. it looks awesome. awesome. And yeah. she's like surveying the battle, and she looks over to the right and sees Maul just kind of scurry over the top of a building okay. to to okay. try and get to his his getaway ship that I have no idea who's flying. Yeah. <laughs> he has a theory on that. I don't, I don't have a theory on it. I wanted to say it sounded like Rook cast the, uh, you know, the, the mall DeLorean Rook cast, but it's a female voice. It's a, yeah, it's a lady. lady. Yeah. It's a lady. So. This is where we get him up on those I beams that are supporting the dome Ugh. around the city where they're kind of walking the tightrope or the balance beam up there and they get to the, the second part of their fight. The second half of this fight, the musical cues uh, are very reminiscent of Duel of the Fates. You get the choir um, very spot on. How do you feel about that, Resident John Williams One Percenter? Yeah, yeah I mean that was in my notes too, and I cues? I thought it was a uh, it was a nice touch. Now that one wasn't actually like the other stuff we've talked about was like actual pieces. This was like a, a full new piece that you could just tell was especially the choral parts created were, just were you know inspired, inspired by, by but not yeah. the same yeah so well done i mean I the, thought, all the music all this music was so yeah. well done i thought their footwork on this they're on this i-beam up in the up in the sky it was very reminiscent of obi-wan and anakin fighting over the lava on oh, mustafar yeah, they get all okay. those little balance checks where they're almost falling off and saving it um <sighs> i don't i don't remember exactly what they were running around on but it was some other kind of tightrope style situation oh, it was those little like lava vibes. those lava buckets those floating lava buckets with the with the shields on them yeah i mean that was that's very reminiscent i didn't even think about that wow. and it was it was interesting at this point because during the battle between the clones and the maldalorians the clones were struggling in the beginning they were getting beat and then uh, de- uh the uh night owls or death watch show up right to help them out yep and they start yep. to turn the tide and gar saxon's over there he takes cover because he realizes they're getting beat and he calls for help and then lord and then darth maul basically says nope no help's coming yeah. uh go and die a warrior's death and just oh. he's like i'm leaving and at so that point cold. gar saxon's like so oh, cold. crap so cold yeah, yeah, but he he ends up getting captured. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, we see that in the in the show, and then we obviously know Gar Saxon's alive in Rebels. So uh, interesting there. But yeah, you're right. He just leaves him to die. But this battle's still going on up in the rafters, and you know we do see that that pickup ship. We do see uh, you know Maul's trying to get to it desperately, but Maul is also still trying to get Ahsoka on his mm-hmm. side and mm-hmm. makes one more desperate plea. To Ahsoka. He got to a point where he had pretty much won. He cut one of those beams. He had the high ground. He could have cut uh, the beam off at his feet and she would have fallen to the ground. Uh, You know, she's pretty athletic. She might have jumped up and saved herself. But he he definitely had her at an advantage. And he said, one more chance, please join me. And she said, never. And. And at that point, Captain or Commander Rex had seen them fighting up on the beam. He saw the ship above the uh the dome tower mm-hmm. um 
I was like, yo, let's let's get up there. We need to deploy the gunships or whatever he says. And so we know that they're en route now to go help Ahsoka. And yeah, I mean, Maul has her trapped. He tried then to attack her one more time and she kind of reverses him and tosses him off. But she catches him with the force and holds him until Rex and the, the Mando assistants get there. Which then leads me to just such a, mm. a brutal oh, this is uh, like clip here. Things. Yeah. Full crazy Maul. Now let's hope that this is I the think right he's clip. terrified. Let me go. Let me die. That is so intense. So good. I think it's just like it, earlier when he's saying Darth Sidious, he pauses, he whispers, he stutters, like he can't even get it out. He has been destroyed by Palpatine his entire life. And he's like, if you're not going to join me, if we're not going to go end this, I do not want to face him alone. I don't want to be taken back as a prisoner. Just kill me now. He does not want to be at a disadvantage to Palpatine for like the 500,000th time. So, so scared of him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. He doesn't know how he's going to get out of this now. And he is, yeah, he's afraid that he's going to get delivered to him. That's such a crazy thing to think about that Maul just wants to die. And we talked a little bit about this on the live chat is that when Maul finally meets Obi-Wan, he just eventually gives up. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, he doesn't, yeah, he puts up a small fight, but he just wants to die. The pain is so real. His whole life has just been a constant um, disappointment in a deep, deep fashion. So uh, to see him beg for death at that moment is really, yeah, I keep talking about the depth that this episode adds to Revenge of the Sith, but it just also adds to the depth of Sidious and the power that he holds. It's pretty, it's terrifying. And, and Sam Witwer just makes it absolutely far more terrifying. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, that's just his voice acting there is is superb. Uh, I disagree a little bit with the way Maul died in Rebels. I do think he went there with the full intention of killing Obi-Wan. But uh, when Obi-Wan got him, I think he was at that time ready to be done with it. At mm -hmm. peace with it. Um, it is worth noting that assuming this is the end of this battle with Ahsoka and Darth Maul and it doesn't pick up again in either of the last two episodes, it did end slightly differently than it did in the book. Um, in the book, she had she was fighting him with both of her green lightsabers, which were, of course, blue in the show, but she also lost them during the battle. And in the book, she captured him in a ray shield. Um, and here, obviously she grabbed him with the force and then they, right. they tied him up with the, whatever their, uh, grappling lines that come out of their gauntlets or whatever. So, uh, it was a little different assuming that was the end of that, but it was also great. So, yeah, I have yeah. to see if that story continuity happens or not. That, that'd be really interesting to see Kyle. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the end shot though, with her standing on that, that broken beam, and just looking at the hole outside, the hole in the ceiling, as she looks up and there's like little streams of light kind of coming down yeah, through it, but it's, it's yeah. space. And she's kind of glancing up there like, all right, well, at least we caught Maul, but I think she knows there's, at this point, something else is happening. She just doesn't know what it is. And she's <sighs> concerned. 
Okay. Well, I'm exhausted. Um, <laughs> we still got two more episodes to go in this arc. Um, is there anything we want to cover on this episode before we, uh, before we, you know, predict what's going to happen next week? Um, Maul said every choice you have made has led you to this moment, which I thought was a really poignant line. And I think it's also accurate. Um, like yes. literally, obviously she is there. So what she did brought her there, but also it's the, it was the will of the force, you know, I, it's sort of yep. what Anakin was trying to convince himself of, but this is where things get really messy with the force. I think, uh, I'm not a religious person, but it's sort of like the difference between God's plan and free will, but the force might put you in a situation. It might've put Anakin in a situation where he could have, uh, taken out Palpatine and saved his wife and saved the galaxy, yeah. or he ended up joining him and things went a different way. I think maybe the will of the force was for Ahsoka to be here. And maybe uh, the actual will of the force was for her to join him and maybe mm. defeat Palpatine. But she wasn't able to see that because of her attachment to Anakin, which mm -hmm. attachments yeah. Can, yeah. can be a problem in star Wars. This that's just true. my take on it, though. But it, it no, really shows how Maul and Ahsoka are like two sides of the exact same coin. They are the dark and light side version of kind of the same thing. I I I was a little worried uh, with this with this whole arc, but with this episode in particular uh, going in that, you know, we know all of the all of the major players: Ahsoka, Thrawn, Bo-Katan, uh, Gar Saxon. Like we know that they're all still around. Right. So I was like, "Is this going to be set up to be super awesome?" But then, is the nerdy side of my brain going to nitpick this and make it anticlimactic? But it really. But so this was my uh, a small worry I had beforehand. But they did enough extra stuff like. They they found places to make revelations mm -hmm. um, and new things come, even though we know that all the people survived this battle. Give a point to the um, thing we already know that, the outcome of, right? Yeah. Um, and so it and not only that, but even though I know neither one of them in both the major battle sequences, the one between the two Mandos and the fight with Maul and Ahsoka, both of those fights were, were good enough and entertaining enough. Um, that it didn't matter that I that I knew that no one was going to die. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Good point. Still kept you on the edge of your seat during those fight scenes. Yeah. Yes. Especially the lightsaber oh, yeah, fight. Yeah. I want to go back to what Kyle was saying though about you know the will of the force versus nature, and it's something like you know God will provide a door or a window for you, but it's up to you to go through that door or open that window, right? And I think that's where Ahsoka is kind of in that same situation. Maul presented the door and said, hey, we can go stop the emperor right now, but I need your help. And she was on board until he Maul, she found out that Maul's intent was to deprive Sidious of his prized pupil, which was to kill yes. Anakin. And that's where she went. I can't go through that door. And that that's what I think that realization was. So um, that was Maul's way of stopping Sidious because he could say, yeah, we took out your your pupil. Now what are you going to do? And he messed up his plan. But um, I don't know how much of an impact that would have had because Sidious can see way down the road. Yeah. And it may not yeah. have impacted him at all. He might have had a contingency already. He definitely had a contingency. Yeah. This is wild stuff. This is wild stuff. 
And speaking of wild stuff, we have episode 11 coming up next week. So people are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. So we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Uh, Order 66 is on the agenda for next week. And rewatching it in Revenge of the Sith again last night. Now, I've watched Revenge of the Sith probably a good 25, 30 times in my life. But watching it last night with the context of these two episodes that we have in front of us, I am like, okay, (laughs) it's about to get even heavier this upcoming week. And I am not a subscriber now after watching Revenge of the Sith that Rex has removed his chip. And I think that the drama, the added drama is going to be between Ahsoka and Rex and what that's going to look like. I think that mm-hmm. Ahsoka is probably going to kill Jesse in self-defense and that because, you know, she she let she took Jesse back from Maul. We got that moment of dialogue and then she had Rex take Jesse away. I think that Ahsoka is going to have to face some turmoil where she ends up killing Jesse and that that's the trigger. Cause Oh wait, that was, if you're a casual fan, it's like, Oh, that was that clone that was there last week on that episode. And Ahsoka has to kill him to survive, uh, or whatever it may look like. But, um, I do feel that there's going to be some crafty storytelling on how Ahsoka and Rex split, um, maybe amicably, or I don't, you know, I, I obviously I'm not even going to try to pretend to, think on how that's going to happen. I don't know, but I, that's my gut is that by the end of the episode, Rex will have removed his chip or have been reprogrammed in some way that allows Ahsoka to leave. That's well, my, that's really it. That's really my only prediction. That and I want to see Caleb Doom, Cal Kestis, and you know, I've everyone else. Right. Re- Rex and Rex said in rebels that he and Gregor and Wolf had removed their chips. So right. I don't right. know if that has already happened or if it's going to happen after this or what would be the point of removing it after order 66, I guess. I don't know, but um, go ahead, Josh, what do you got? So tab and I are doing our, my rebels we watch her rebels first watch and we literally watched that episode last night and so where he says that and um he has a scar yeah on his noticeable head that he points yeah. to that that he doesn't have in these clone wars episodes so he also yeah, says what, i didn't attack my jedi didn't he or something yeah, like he that does. yeah he didn't he didn't yeah he said oh, he says i didn't betray, betray mm-hmm. my jedi or yeah. that's it sounds like, yeah, he didn't, it's the way it's framed. It sounds like he, it's not like he attacked and then she was able to shake him out of it or something happened. It, it sounds like, like he never actually even turned the way that it's mm-hmm. presented in that. Rebel I think he will. I think, I think that he will. And I think that's going to be the added drama. And, but I do think that there is going to be some type of, um, there's going to be some type of situation where Ahsoka either convinces him or he convinces himself. And we see a really dramatic moment between Ahsoka and Rex. Um, I, I think this is the episode we see that scar, Josh. I think that's where we'll figure out how that chip comes out. I think there's going to be a way that Ahsoka and Rex actually team up to protect her from the other clones. And I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out, but um, just judging by what we know from the Ahsoka book where uh, Rex and, and Ahsoka make graves for themselves, fake graves and fake their own deaths at the end of that. And then what we know yeah. from Rebels, um, 
Ahsoka trusts Rex. She tells Kanan over and over to trust Rex. And Rex says he didn't attack his Jedi. Um, and I think it could be a really interesting thing for Rex to have to deal with um, yeah. knowingly fighting his brothers, his the other clones. Right, um, right. So I think that might be a route they take. But I'm not sure. We'll. I mean, we'll see. Well, and we still have to figure out how Wolf and Gregor get theirs out, too. So there's got to be sure. some kind of alert or notification that they he tells them or ahsoka tells them or or that gets communicated to them somehow because they're clear uh, they're not with them right now on mandalore so i don't know but doesn't wolf also shoot down plo koon i don't think he shoots down or is it just Hmm. another trooper i think it's another trooper Hmm. i don't know brutal brutal stuff we'll find out we'll find yeah. out next week <laughs> i don't know that i can watch oh all that God. again where all these jedi are getting killed oh, by you have to though this is this is what we've been waiting for for so many years this is the missing link between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith and we are getting the most incredible hardcore delivery of storytelling to cement this entire legacy uh and just add oh my god it's the depth the depth, the depth is just incredible. The payoff is real. The payoff is real. Yeah. Well, and don't forget, we have Friday, two days, and then Damn Monday. You're right. The last episode is out on Monday. Damn, you're right. So it's bam, boom, boom. You having a and I'm really hoping on Monday that. they just have that theatrical cut ready to go. Ugh. You know, so we can. Ugh. Maybe that'll get released on Friday. Heavy, 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 heavy stuff. I forgot about now, that. I could be having a baby then. <laughs> that's oh true. my gosh that's true you're gonna you're gonna be going through a lot of emotions <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to create a separate uh chat so we can talk about it without yeah right uh, right people haven't been able to watch it yet the one uh. thing I, I think that you guys should think about over the course of this week is how maul gets sprung out of of captivity yeah and what that looks like and who's going to spring him out of captivity. Yeah. That's that's what I'm trying to think of maybe it was the voice in that ship above the uh the city but well, it, who knows Vanessa Marshall well, she voiced. Oh, yeah. It's just a pilot. Yeah, Rook, it's yeah, credited as a pilot, but oh, really? Yeah, in the okay, credits, she it voices says Gauntlet pilot or something like that, and it says Vanessa Marshall. So, yeah. so, so she did both. Interesting. But that also means that it's not Rook. No, it's not Rook. It's yeah. someone else. Yeah. Okay. Well, lots to think about, lots to ponder, but I, uh, you know, it's. I think he might just break out during armor. the uh, confusion of Order sixty six. You know, oh. there'll be a lot going on. Per Kyle's previous comment, if you're ever in a jailbreak, let all the prisoners go. Let out the other prisoners. <laughs> it creates confusion and chaos. Oh, good call. Well, let's break out of this prison. Let's blow this thing and go home. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. That wraps up another Clone Wars recap. We are almost at the end of Star Wars Clone Wars animated series. This is crazy. This is wild. I didn't know if we would ever get here, (laughs) but here we are. And it's insane. So, wow. What a wild week. 
and especially wild week for the Star Wars friends. As Josh mentioned two hours ago, you know, we did four shows this week. I'm about to do my fifth show in just a couple hours with Rebel Force Radio. So tune in to RFR Rebel Force if you want to watch the Clone Wars Roundtable, which I will be extrapolating a lot of great points that we made today. So thank you guys, because I think that the conversation on Star Wars friends, you know, our Clone Wars recaps are just amazing. I mean, I learned so much from all of you and uh, it just adds just to the to everything, the whole experience. So you can also listen to our crossover cast with Force Toast podcast. You can find them at Force Toast pod on Instagram and Twitter. That is available anywhere you listen to the Star Wars friends, including StarWarsFriends.com, iTunes, Spotify, Podchaser, all those good places. Make sure you leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We would love some feedback and uh, we'd like to hear from you. And please don't stop sending in questions for the Rise of Skywalker. I think I'm sitting on maybe like 25 or 30 oh fan questions. Yeah, no joke. Uh, because our our friends are patiently waiting for us to do this Rise of Skywalker <laughs> recap show. So we'll get to that soon. Just letting y'all know that we will definitely get there. We're going to be doing another live chat show this upcoming Saturday, so make sure you tune into our YouTube channel, also Facebook. I heard Facebook is the place to watch our live chats. I heard that the uh, the chats are a lot faster, more responsive on Facebook, so I, I don't have a Facebook, so I don't know, but that's what I've been told by a few people. Um... It's going to be another wild week, y'all. It's going to be crazy. Hopefully, everyone's doing well. Hopefully, Star Wars community bands together, stay strong, all that good stuff. If you want to communicate with us personally, and I saw that uh, Josh had tweeted, since we've been on this show, <laughs> threw me under the bus. Uh, <laughs> even in, He throws me under the bus on shows in front of uh, New York Times bestselling authors, whoever. And then now I'm on Twitter getting called out for my... Uh, Cassie and or love, but you can find that call out on my personal Twitter handle at known as Chris. Where can they find you guys? Uh, this is Josh and I am battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. And we invite that we've invited the fans several times to call you out on Twitter. So I, I wish they know, would meeting by example. just watch out. Josh may turn on you sometime. He might, he might throw you under the no. bus. So be careful. <laughs> uh, I'm Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu and hopefully Josh doesn't throw me under the bus. Let's hope not. It hurts. Oh, and do your do your reviews so that it helps Meals on Wheels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Podchaser reviews. Heck yeah. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram and whatever else. Heck yeah. You can find the Star Wars Friends at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. StarWarsFriends.com is where we have all of our shows hosted, and we will get that Shopify store up. We got some really cool merch designs coming, especially one that we talked about yesterday after our live chat, so I can't wait wait for that to drop. Uh, Just stay tuned to our social media for that. But as we end always every show uh, with a nice well wish, may the Force be with you. Always. Later. Hey, friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.